1: Welcome episode 619 of the Milk Bar. Jason Friest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be hearing from Andrew Eborn about his book of failure, which will help make sure that you don't fail. We'll be looking for success in the world of health and fitness as Tom Morgan joins us for a bit of a catch up and uh, talk about what it's like being back in the gym. Jean Martin is along. We'll be having a natter with her, hearing some music direct from her base in the Netherlands and finding out what's going on in the wonderful The Bingo, which is appearing in at the minute. On top of that, we'll be catching up with Josh Griffiths, finding out what's happening with him and a latest film he has, which will be going into production very, very soon. And we have music as well from Samuel Lambeth. He will be along uh, ahead of the release of his brand new EP. That's all coming up on the Milk Bar this week. (laughs) Jean Martin has been working hard as ever, entertaining the masses from a Netherlands base. It's almost like a secret lair for organ music, (laughs) to be fair. And she's with me now for a bit of a catch-up. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing all right, Jess, thank you. I think the Dutch are getting used to my accent.
1: The the, the Midlands accent is a wonderful one. and uh, I I I think there's some definite similarities, uh, I think, aren't there? So uh, you, you must fit in very well.
2: Very much so. I am settling in very well. And would you believe it, there are Dutch uh, on the Dutch television, there are BBC One and Two, so I'm I watch English programmes every day.
1: So <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's easy to be a bit of the UK in the Netherlands, and uh, two great nations who are very much friends. And uh, much you've been know. you've been performing uh, online, and also been doing quite a bit of work with your bingo stuff as well. So explain a bit more on that for those who haven't picked up on this previously. <laughs>
2: Well, really, this is a continuation of the previous bingo show that I used to do, but it's not connected with the same people, if you know what I mean. But mm. I'm working with Rusty again and Christopher Biggins, uh, Mr Motivator and Linda Lusardi. Four times a month, i become a human jukebox.
1: <laughs> OK, impressive stuff. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, having, having had a chat with Mr Motivator last week, uh, you know, he is very high energy, so I should think he's got some good moves and grooves when needed.
2: Well, yes, but I... Um, I have to disguise music and the celebs, the four celebs have to guess as well as the players in the rooms, they have to guess what I'm playing and uh, this is proving to be um, a challenge for them because we had Chico on one week mm-hmm. and this, um, and he I actually played his uh, it's Chico time <laughs> and disguised it so much he didn't get it
1: <laughs> <laughs> That has remained a reminder, uh, one up. <laughs> <to me. laughs> but uh, a good bit of fun. I mean, and you know your music as well. Uh, you know, you, with, with the study that you've done over the years, uh, it must be, be great being able to have a little play around with uh, some classic songs. I mean, obviously Chico Time is an absolute classic song, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it is. Yes. I tell you what I've been working on a lot lately, Jason, um, because the jazz is very uh, good in Holland here. They have a, a North Sea Jazz Festival every year, but of course, because of the COVID, they haven't had it this year, which is such a shame. Um, but once that the the uh, outdoor music activities take place, um, hopefully, I may become part of that and the Swiss Jazz Swiss Swiss Jazz Festival, which I've already done previously. So, so uh,
1: an awful lot going on that uh, is, is also going to expand uh, once uh, yeah, restrictions allowed and, and how is it uh, feeling over there at the Because I know the Netherlands have been doing reasonably well with their vaccination program too.
2: They have been doing reasonably well, although it was halted at the beginning but I actually get my first jab tomorrow mm-hmm. um, I'm on the second one in June but uh, at the moment now, To be perfectly honest, where we are living, which is right out in farming country, potato fields, it's like where I was in Brood, (laughs) but a little quieter. Um, There's a a school and uh, there's no shop in the village where we live. But it's it's so lovely that I've got this beautiful studio which my lovely hands built for me. And if I tell you we've got twenty-three instruments in this room and those are just keyboards and and pianos, we've got three pianos in here, nine organs, and um I can get up in the morning and if I start at the Hammond, I can make my way all the way around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you're the Steinway at the moment, which has travelled with you, um, and yeah. uh, I've met that particular wonderful piece of equipment uh, in, in in real life in the past. Uh, but uh, you've obviously say you got so you got, got all sorts in there, and say so the, the room is looking fantastic compared to the last time I had a chat. It was very much a building site at one point, but uh, now it's oh, looking God. looking amazing. And yeah. you know, it, it must be great having that sort of facility as well. I know you've played on some of the most amazing uh, pieces of uh, music equipment uh, across the world, so uh, they're, they're being I have that have a world-class facility at home. we must, must be really good.
2: It's super. The only thing I haven't got in here is a, a cinema organ, mm-hmm. like the old cinema when they used to play for the silent film. But they're, they But the Dutch are very into organs, and there is a beautiful... Um, theatre in Hilversum which is where the television studios are and they've actually got a beautiful organ in there which i i've I've just recently in the middle of all the corona scare and whatnot um went and did a concert and i actually played to live people who (laughs) were masked up but sitting quite a good space away that was in february Mm -hmm. so that was lovely to be able to get my hands back on a theatre organ
1: Fingers crossed, we uh, see uh, lots of that sort of event taking place. And it'd be great if there was something that was, uh, you know, a a full TV production that we could uh, see you involved in the not too distant future. I'm sure that's probably not far away
2: oh that would be lovely and even when I come back to the UK it would be lovely to be able to uh, set up a tour and I think that's um, in the pipeline at the moment Jason
1: as things settle we'll uh, be able as to uh, to see all that happening and uh, let's get you vaccinated yes. first so that would be good that's to it. do it oh, yes I
2: can't come without that yeah. <laughs> the so, Boris won't let me no that's
1: the, that's the rules <laughs> uh, Well, there we go so I mean you have the Steinway there it'd be wrong not to hear you play something on it what are you going to share with us today
2: well do you want a bit of jazz or do you want to be the latin or I don't, well, I don't
1: i don't want chico time i know that much but no, no, um to... a, a, a bit of jazz would be jolly good fun so, so so take it All away right. oh,
2: okay
1: let me just switch the drums on on here then oh <laughs> Excellent, even <laughs> operates the drum machine herself at the same time. That is impressive. And it's halfway across the room, but there we go. That's. Dean, <laughs> always good to have a catch up with you. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on the road. Would you have got that tour so we'll get you back on, and uh, whether it's in real life, whilst you're over here, or whether we do a precursor to your travel, uh, we will certainly be a joy to find out what's happening and then to actually see you at a gig. I'll be looking forward to coming along.
2: Lovely, Jason. Thank you for the invitation. Love to everybody in the UK. Love you all. Miss you and hope to get back soon. God bless.
1: Andrew Eborn is on his second book of failure. That that seems like an interesting statement in itself. He's uh, all sorts of things to so many people, including mentalist, TV presenter, president of Octopus TV... And he joins me now to tell me a bit about what's going on in his world in the book. Hello, sir. How are you doing,
0: Jason? It's lovely to join
1: you. Well, thank you for having uh, the time to spend with us. And uh, it is lovely to speak to you too. Now, the book itself, I, I have to admit, I have skim read a few chapters so far. And the way you explore, not only with wit, but clear intellect and understanding so many different areas is not only good fun, but also it just goes to show how you are able to help so many people in business with your insights into the world. Uh, So we can't do too many spoilers, but give us a bit of the background to to how the book itself came about to begin with.
0: Well, sure. Well, there are so many people focus on success, and every possible book is looking at success and talking and gloating about how successful they they are. But so many people reject or reflect or fail to deal with uh, the fact about the failures that led to that success. And so, what I thought, I'd, I'd turn the tables, if you like, and look at the various failures throughout history and notice that there was a pattern. And I noticed that basically, if necessity is the mother of invention, then failure is the father of success. And what happened then is, as a result, I started working with several companies, uh, helping them to maximize the rights that they owned, helping them with their expansion around the world, um, but also looking at political parties, looking at election results. Uh, I managed to get a 100%, 100% success rate in predicting what would happen in elections, how companies would expand their businesses around the world. And all of that was based on shining a light on how other people have failed in the past and making sure that we avoid those
1: mistakes. And this is part of being a futurist, one of your other roles. And uh, I mean, that in itself uh, can be an interesting one to, to try and predict what will and won't work. And, and particularly with the, uh, the the world of technology, there are so many things which which both can and can't go, go wrong. I mean, who would have guessed that after so many handheld devices that would look just like an iPhone. It would be the iPhone that would take off, that sort of thing. And it's, it's those surprises and, and having that understanding of the industry that you're able to, say, build on... Uh, your experience and, and, and share some insights to others.
0: You no, know, absolutely. And it's actually not a surprise. As I, as I say, I'm engaged by companies around the world uh, to talk about new technology and about how you flatten the learning curve. Because some people say, look, I can develop this technology. Technology has been around for uh, a very long time to assist people uh, get their message across. But what happens is, and, and I genuinely believe, that the more means there are to communicate, the less we're able to communicate. And what people forget is we've got all these wonderful devices we're permanently on, we're permanently connected, and yet people still fail to get this core message. Why and what are you saying to people? All that technology does is give you a means to pass on that message. So I think that's the key, is work backwards. We are able to communicate. These are the means we can communicate uh, and utilise those uh, in our armoury, if you like, but make sure that you get that central message right and that's what I help people do but we also look at the patterns as I say the patterns of behavior people always say that history repeats itself but I maintain people the reason that happens is because people don't learn the lessons of history and if you look at what's happening currently in the political world uh, and again it's all in the book the Andrew Eborn Book of Failure second edition uh, (laughs) with four by Mike Reed you've got to get the plug in there Mm -hmm. as well um what happens is this is that the, the I set out a road map as to how to win any election. What you look at is, again, the elections that we've got um, coming up or uh, maybe by the time this goes out live, (laughs) effectively, uh, already happened. What I've done is set out the predictions as to what will happen in this election. And already it's come true. There's a a whole thing about misdirection. As you know, I'm a member of the magic circle as well. Mm -hmm. and As a member of the magic circle, one of the key things that we use is misdirection. And that happens in the world of politics and business and so on and so forth as well. And if you can distract people from the central issues, then what happens is people try and change the mindset as a result of it. And a classic example of that is what's happening about Boris and uh, the Downing Street redecoration. The "Is this curtains for Boris?" the headlines will scream, or or what? What I love all those sort of uh, interior resign, you know, all these little sound bites that people come up with. All this is is a distraction from the sort of central issues, but it's very, very predictable. So political parties in a run-up to any election will all start slinging mud and sleeves and so on and so forth. But the general public getting wise to this, if you look at how the polls are actually reflecting some of this, they sort of, well, they expect some of these things to happen, and therefore the more mud that you throw, uh, what ends up happening if people say, well, hang about, this is all about spin, and we're getting wise to spin now. We need to look at the issues, uh, question everything that's Mm. what I sort of emphasize everything to do and it it applies also Jason to the news and what I urge people to do is we we recognize now that if you go to one particular source for your news you'll get that view and it's only a view so what I recommend that people do is get their views from many different sources so we would look at the BBC we look at ITV we look at Al Jazeera we look at Russia Today all these different views will help you then make an informed decision for yourself based on that information.
1: Yeah, and did so say there's that much information around us in this world these days. It's so much more accessible than previously. You had to be well-read in the past. These days, you're well-browsed, and I think it's the browsing which can sometimes take away from that.
0: Oh, I think you're right. I love of the phrase, well-browsed, you know your stuff, don't you? It's all good. Well, they, they used to say that if you uh, didn't read the newspapers, then you're uninformed, but now if you read the newspapers, you're misinformed. And I think it's going to my sort of central point on that. Do question everything and the other thing jason as well what happens is that people tend to hunt out views that confirm their own opinions so the reason why if you're looking at the ways to influence people which is what i'm engaged to help people do what you do is you turn around and realize there are certain people who don't want to be influenced what they're (laughs) trying to do is they are looking for views that confirm their own prejudices You'll read a certain newspaper, which will have a certain political view. You'll go to a political channel or a certain view, which confirms that. You'll surround yourself with friends in social media who have the same views as you. And what happens, it then becomes confirming those sort of prejudices, if you like. What you're looking for are those in the middle between the two extremes, those who say this will never happen, those who say this will always happen, It's those in between who keep an open mind uh, who are the ones you need to influence because they're the ones who will help you secure victory.
1: Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to the press and papers as well, I mean, very often the, yeah, there are those who claim to be independent and sometimes it's with a small eye that it can actually sound more biased than not.
0: Well, I, I think the, the great thing about it, uh, if you tell a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. And I think you can claim, you can go for these little sound bites. What, what do you want people to feel? You feel that you're independent because all the political parties are corrupt and therefore you've got to pick somebody who's independent. It's a wonderful spin. And I think that's what happens now, avoiding the sultans of spin. We're getting wise to this sort of stuff. There used to be the saying that uh, um, hell hath no fury uh, like a woman scorned. I I think now it's hell hath no fury like a spin doctor scorned. Uh, Never upset those people. They're the people who deal with your brand, and they're the people who could damage your brand, uh, knowing all these sort of intimate little secrets behind the scenes. But I think just looking at the label of somebody is not, it's rather like judging a book just by its cover. Unless, of course, it's the book of failure. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which is a fantastic cover and as we have mentioned has got mike reed on it as well because he's done the the, the for you and uh, what, what is it like when you you're getting responses back from people like mike i mean mike's well known for having gay, good strong opinions around everything from the world of music through uh, his talents in broadcasting so you know he he's uh, one of those people who would be able to, to back up and have great times working with you on the likes of octopus tv
0: yeah, no, Mike's a great chap. We've, we've worked together on, and we've done various broadcasts together, have various businesses together and so on and so forth. Um, and it's been a joy working with him. But he's a legend in broadcasting. Uh, and he was from uh, a time when, at the BBC, you might remember things like Pop Quiz uh, used to have um, four... What was it? 10 million. You're only 42 at the moment, aren't you? But you would have grown up on Pop Quiz and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm afraid and, I'm, I'm
1: 40, 49, but, yes. Are so you 49 I'm getting now! i on, yeah. I was, I, know. I
0: was trying to shave off those seven years... <laughs>
1: <laughs> gonna... But I do remember my Pop pocket. In fact, I had the game for the Commodore 64, so that definitely shows my age.
0: Oh, there you go. I love it, which, which is also good because it means that your website as well is, is deliberately peddling those lies as well because your website puts you down as 42.
1: Ah, so you've been sneakily checking up on me. Oh, my... I've always thought so sne-
0: your favourite colour is green. You went to the <laughs> university in Liverpool. You studied chemical physics. All this stuff is, is great, you know, we can, and you love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: I do, all quality stuff, and it's obviously, it's going to be up there with books to read alongside uh, your work as well, naturally now. But, we say uh,
0: alongside. Sorry, so just pick you up on that, Jason. We say alongside. There's only one place for the Book of failure, You've got to get it up there. <laughs> it off that Hitchhiker's Guide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, I mean, I, uh, having to uh, look, look through the book, there is some amazing talent. Takes on things and it really does start to cause you to to think below the surface i mean when, when you even you look at the film cats and the, uh, the the panning that that had which the amount of effort and work and the people who got into it you know the, you, you wouldn't have expected that sort of reaction and it's very much the way in which the media has chosen to react to something in, in many ways rather than uh, you know the, the the true reality of what some real fans of it will have as their opinion
0: Oh, I think I think that's absolutely, I mean, it just shows you had a hundred million budget, you had A-list celebrities coming out of your ears, you had the most glorious, all of the elements would have suggested this would have worked. And yet, and yet, what a perfect disaster it was. (laughs) Um, But it's what we needed. We love our failures. We embrace those failures as well. I'll tell you what, the critics had a field day. The punsters were out there in force, uh, coming up with every catastrophe, perfect failure, uh, the dog's dinner, all of this sort of stuff. Uh, Without that wonderful failure, where would we have been at that time? We needed that failure.
1: These things do help, and it then puts everything else back into perspective very often, doesn't it, as well?
0: Oh no, I think that's right. You need to. The reason that you have the yin and the yang is, is that you need to have the bad times so that you can appreciate the good times. And as I say, that's what happens. A lot of people engage me to look at those lessons. Otherwise, uh, you just keep repeating the failures as a result of it. And I think that's what they always say. If you, uh, uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So, that's what I would do as a strategic advisor to massive corporations, as you know, around the world, and also brands and individuals as well, is you look at where they want to go and the way, the route map, if you like, the route to get there. And as a result of it, if you've got a very, very clear vision, you've got a very clear message, and we can help you hone that as well. What happens is you look at others and what they have done in the past and why they may not have succeeded. And if you learn those lessons, and I set out the secrets as to how you can do that all in the book, if you learn those lessons, uh, I guarantee, guarantee success, which is why we've had a 100% success record.
1: Well, it's all in the book and certainly go out and get yourself a copy, whether it's in real life or in the electronic form. And uh, you can not only be entertained at the same time as learning, you can also make sure that you don't go the way of so many others who have in the past. Well, Andrew, great to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Give us all the details of not only where we can find you on the socials, but where we can get our hands on a copy of your book of failure.
0: Absolutely. Well, you can follow me at Andrew Eborn at Octopus TV. You can watch the Andrew Eborn show on all of the channels. And the book itself, The Andrew Eborn's Book of Failure, the second edition, is available in all good bookshops and a few dodgy ones as well. Uh, you can find it online. And also, as a special thing for uh, the Milk Bar, who's celebrating what I love, they're is your 619th edition, isn't this This one? is it, yes. Yeah, you see, I looked at that as well, although you cheated a bit because you had your pilot episode, didn't you? Oh, that didn't and count. Pilot... <laughs> oh, well, you had, a good, you had a good one there because you had people from Big Brother and that sort of stuff. You had the wonderful Zoe there as well. So yes. So, technically, 620. <laughs> um, but we'll do a special, and I'll put a link up where um, the first eight people who want to get a copy, I'll put some on eBay, special signed copies, very rare signed copies, and I'll give you a link for that as well, so you can find that on eBay, eBay, uh, eBorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Andrew Eborn Book of Failure. It's the second edition with forward by the legendary mike reed get your copy now
1: adrian thank you for joining us thank you for being the character that you are and i think the world will be a poorer place without you
0: uh, you're a star thanks jason Love you to speak <laughs>
1: Sam Lambeth is exceptionally creative, you never stop in getting up to something interesting in the wonderful world of music, and he joins me now to tell me about his latest work. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me back on. Well, it's always good to talk to you. So what have you got going on at the moment? Well, I'm releasing my debut solo EP
3: uh, called Love and Exile on Friday the 28th of
1: May. So building up to a fantastic release over a bank holiday weekend, and uh, uh, if, if only that meant you were going to be doing several gigs around the region, but it's not quite going to be like that this time.
3: Uh, not at the moment, no. Hopefully, as things uh, become a bit more normal, you know, as COVID settles down, um, hopefully that will be the plan and we'll I'll do a few gigs on my own and with, and with a live band. But uh, at the moment, there's just the one local gig that's booked in, and that's uh, the headline gig, which is on Friday the 16th of July
1: in Deadwax in Birmingham. Now, this hasn't been an easy one to pull together due to a few problems. Is that an understatement?
3: Yeah, it's my own fault, really, because obviously I, I decided to book a gig uh, during the height of a global pandemic, <laughs> I think when I booked the gig, it was the start of November, and it was scheduled for um, the end of March, mm-hmm. and that was originally when the EP was going to come out, so it was going to coincide and kind of be like a launch show. Then obviously COVID was continuing to be rife, so I pushed the gig back to the 7th of May, and so I also pushed the EP back to that date. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Unfortunately we had to move the gig again and to play it safe we, tro- we moved it to the middle of July because we thought well hopefully by then things should have settled down a little bit more but um, I didn't want to push the EP release back again because I'd already sat on it for so long so I, I pushed the EP back just to a couple of weeks later to the 28th and the, the gig's taking place in July
1: Tell us a bit about the EP itself then
3: um, Well I-, I think it's a kind of the record that I've always wanted to make really um, I've always liked kind of acoustic-driven, like melodic music. Um, there's some rockier moments on it, too, but um, it's a bit more mature, a bit more melancholic. And it's kind of like a record, like my songwriting heroes, really, like Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, those kind of people. I know I'm comparing myself
1: to some <laughs> quite lofty people there. They, but, they, they yeah. say exactly <laughs> the same, actually. They say, I want to sound like that Sam Lambeth.
3: Oh God. Yeah, when they're drunk, maybe. <laughs> um Yeah, and obviously when I was in different bands, it was always difficult to go down that route because we were always geared up to play live. So there was a a lot more energy, and it was more about kind of having uh, more distorted guitars and you know having that kind of energetic rock music. It was very rare that we could make these more kind of delicate, slower songs. So when I went on my own, and I wasn't sure if I would even gig. I thought this would be a great time just to have no rules in the studio and add different instruments, so there's piano, mandolin, harmonica, and not worry about replicating it live. And also just yeah, just kind of making more more of an acoustic record and um, you know taking the onus away from from live gigs and more on the onto like the studio experience.
1: So this is much more music for you to enjoy and experiment with playing in a sort of closed environment?
3: Yeah, that was originally the plan, really. Um, I worked on the songs during the lockdown, and, and I learned harmonica and mandolin over lockdown because I wanted to change my sound a little bit and make it a bit mm-hmm. more varied. And I bought a keyboard as well, but I, I wasn't particularly very good at that. So <laughs> my, f- my friends though we played keyboard on that brilliantly as well, after piano part. Most people say that the best part of the record are the piano parts, so the parts like that I didn't play, basically. <laughs> um, Yeah, and at first I wasn't sure if I was even going to do gigs, and I went into the studio um, with that kind of in my mind, so I thought, well, anything I want to try, I'll just go for it, because I haven't got to worry too much about how am I going to replicate that live. So yeah, at first I wasn't too sure what the plan was, I just thought I'm going to go in, record it, and release it, and maybe do gigs down the line, but... It was never really on the agenda, really. So I think that helped. It made it a bit more liberating, really.
1: Yeah, there, there was there was no pressure to produce anything that was in any way specific. It was just you and your creativity being let loose.
3: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't go too crazy.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, and bearing in mind, we, you know, we never know which version of Sam we're ever going to get yeah. when we do an interview. Because I normally like to check before we start. And today we have Jim Sam, who is obviously uh, in, on our health kick at the moment.
3: That's a rare, 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 rare form. Yeah, well, the gyms have just reopened, definitely, so I'm, I'm kind of going all the time, but it will probably plateau in a few weeks. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, like I say, as you say, there's always been different incarnations of me, and that's been dependent on kind of the music I've been writing at that time. And it's kind of conscious in a way, because if I'm listening to a certain genre, naturally, when I start writing songs, it's going to mirror that. But at the same time sometimes I'll sit down with a guitar and write something and it will come out sounding like a particular genre and then it's kind of like, well, the songs, the song is, is dictated where where you want it to go, really. And that was kind of the case with this one. There was a few songs that I wrote on the acoustic guitar and I just thought they've got a distinctly kind of Americana, alternative country kind of vibe. And um, so once I knew they were going to go down that route, it was just a, a, a case of like cultivating them and... Like, so, and that's why it got the harmonic or mandolin in.
1: We're going to take a listen to something, I hope. You're going to share a little t- uh, tease for us now, aren't you?
3: How about the King, You and Me? That's, that's the one everyone seems to like at the moment.
1: Okay, tell me a bit more about this one, then. So this
3: was actually a song you know, that I wrote ten years ago, um, just after the monobloggers split, mm-hmm. and I was seeing them with the monobloggers. And um, it's got that kind of monoblogger sound. So obviously, me and you know that, but the general public probably won't remember. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a like an up tempo, nostalgic alternative rock kind of vibe, mm. so, similar to kind of REM and Counting Crows. That it's so kind of like a, like a, a melodic rocker really. And um, but I wrote it ten years ago, and then I was in a few different bands over the past ten years, and it never quite fit the sound of those bands. And um, so when I went on my own one of the first things I said to myself is, well, I finally want to record this song because it's kind of been in my head now for a decade and I want <laughs> to get it down. Um So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that it's, it's finally come out and, yeah, people seem to really like it, so I kind of wish I hadn't waited that long.
1: <laughs> so is this the song you wanted it to be as well? Has it achieved what you've had in your head?
3: Yeah, I think so, but I think it was also good that I waited because over the years I've changed it a lot, so... The chorus is exactly the same, and it's the same chords and the same kind of melody. But I always used to struggle with the verses, and um, I could have conceded and just said, "Oh, this will do." But I was never fully happy with it, and um, I think only over the past eighteen months, have I, did I get the complete song, as in, like I was happy with the verses, happy with the kind of the music that's on it. But yeah, the way when I listen to it now, it's it's definitely um, as closest to what I imagined it would be.
1: Okay, we'll take a listen. Meanwhile, though, all the details of the EP releases and how we get gig tickets, if there are any available still, please.
3: I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's all um, Sam Lambeth music, so all one word, all, all lowercase. Um, at the moment, the tickets are still sold out, but uh, I don't know if they will remain sold out because, obviously, the gig's been moved so many times. I think there might be some people that can't make it anymore. And, yeah, if you just check on those social media pages, there'll be updates to future geeks, and also, obviously, type Sam Lambeth into YouTube and Spotify, and the sons will come on there,
1: too. Yeah, we'll see him in all his glory and all his incarnations and enjoy the the musical sound that is Sam Lambeth. So, great speaking to you, mate. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we're very much looking forward to a a full-on EP in your own right.
3: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back.
1: He's watching you in its final stages of pre-production planning. Joshua Griffiths is a very busy man. Due to start filming towards the end of August, he joins me now to tell me exactly what is happening. Hello, sir. Hello. So, uh, how's it all going? Yeah, it's going really well, thank you. How are I'm oh, good, thank you. Now, you've got quite an amazing team on this one. Tell me a bit more about uh, how the production is sort of shaping up from this point of view.
4: Yeah, it's, well, it's quite crazy because, as you know, as I've come on this show before, it's my films normally just me myself, Jordan and Ryan in mm-hmm. JGR films. And that was it. We just pulled in outside actors and we gave people chances and it was quite small productions. And then over lockdown I started writing this horror, which has been sort of my plan for ages, because I absolutely love sort of the Halloween franchises and all that with the serial and just I just wanted something different. I wanted to take a new take on the Slasher movie, and which is where he's watching you he was born. And again, it was just supposed to be just the three of us with a couple of additions to friends adding in. And then I just happened to put a poster on Facebook and I had so much interest of people going, oh, is there a role for me? Is there a role for me? How about this? And and it literally from there, we've just it's gone mad. We've got executive producers, we've got a score composer, we've got, you know, a possible distribution deal. It's. it's just crazy.
1: But a lot of the work that you've been doing has all been heading towards this, and it's been very much showcasing what you can do, and also, as you say, those people that you're working with. And I think that's one of the interesting parts of independent cinema uh, at, at the moment. You know, you, you're, you're, you're all these. Producers are working on a lot of different projects, which are really impressing people. And when you've got the likes of Amazon and Netflix, they're starting to get picked up and moving into very much the mainstream. and And this sounds like it's the potential that could be happening here.
4: Hopefully, yeah. Well, said the distribution firm, um, people that are running it at the moment, they're going to spend about ten thousand pound on it. Luckily, not coming out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a a comeback sort of deal. That when it then gets sold, they'll receive the 10 grand back, and then it'll be split 50-50, so it's quite a fair deal. Um, But that's going to be sent to Netflix, Amazon, Shudder, DVD. It's going to be sent literally UK and USA. So, again, that was something that just came out of the blue, and I was like, wow. So...
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, once again, Midlands-based projects doing so well. We've seen it with a number of other production companies uh, across the region. And with uh, what you've done in the past, you've already started to get you know, quite a lot of interest, haven't you? And I know that you work on some big projects yourself uh, alongside all this with and with plenty going on for you as soon as uh, your production gets back to full speed.
4: Definitely. Well, actually, um, the main filming of it's going to be the end of August the 21st and the 28th we've managed to get a location for that down in Manchester. It's a beautiful house in the middle of nowhere, so it'll add to that horror vibe. Uh And then next Sunday, um, me and Jordan are going down to Ottershaw to film for a section of it with um, Sean Cronin, because he's going to play one of the um, police officers in it. So we're going to go down to this little place where it's like a desk and quite a nitty-gritty police station sort of scenes then, but we're going down to Ottershaw. We're going to all do it COVID secure and everything, so... That's good to actually be getting going somewhere and actually filming. So, mm-hmm.
1: and it's, it's, it's the start of uh, a, a recovery, and then the start of making sure continuity works as well, which is always a fun one. When you're, you're filming over quite such a long period.
4: Yes, uh, I mean luckily, uh, which is comes natural with the script, which is great for us. This scene sort of flicks. I can't say too much because I don't want to spoil what's happening in it. But it sort of flicks between two officers. So there's one officer which is his girlfriend in a car travelling to the potential crime scene. And then you've also got Sean Cronin, who's playing her, obviously, boyfriend, who's in the station talking to her over the radio. Mm-hmm. So luckily for this scene, because it's such far apart from the next scenes, we don't have to worry too much about continuity. But obviously, definitely, when we come to the week in Manchester, when we're filming for the week, and obviously living there as well, and and people coming and going and filming from the end and the beginning and the middle, it's, it's that's going to be the... <laughs> Stressful job.
1: Yeah, and particularly when you've got uh, blood splatter in horror movies to take into account, that can be quite tricky.
4: <laughs> yes, we've got to be very careful with that, especially <laughs> if someone's house as well.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> so that will prove interesting. And uh, where else can we uh, be seeing what you've got going on at the moment? Because I know there's been the usual uh, run of uh, award ceremonies and uh, involvement and assessment for you there.
4: Yeah, I mean, I could mention them all, but there's too many. So if you check out my Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, basically under um, Facebook, is just Joshua Griffiths. Instagram just the Joshua Griffiths actor now. I've set up a new Instagram and got rid of my old ones, so it's all professional then. And then Twitter's my normal, at Josh, JoshuaG98. And then obviously you can check it on YouTube under JGR Films and Vlogs with two Gs.
1: Check out the details and you can see what's going on with uh, you and the team. And uh, there'll be, uh, I'm sure on the Instagram page, some nice stills as you... Uh, start to do the filming process and uh, uh, a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff, which I know people always find interesting.
4: Yeah, definitely. Well, there's a He's Watching You Facebook page as well, where all the trailers and all the distribution, everything could be released on there as well. So check that out, give it a like. Okay, there.
1: take a look and make sure you're one of the first to know. Josh, good luck with all this. Break a leg, I think we also have to say on the grounds it is part of the arts and entertainment industry. And uh, we look forward to seeing that, because it's not going to be until probably late 2022 before we see the final product, I'm going to guess.
4: Yeah, I'm going to say it. Well, I've got to edit it all, and I've got to send it to the school, who's actually in Italy. Yeah. So he's not even from England, so it's quite a distance to send, but we're working together at the minute as well, back and forth on scores. so... Yeah, middle, middle of next year towards the end. We're hoping for perhaps a Halloween release, but obviously it'll depend on the distribution companies as well. So
1: Yeah, and when they choose to go with it. Off and Joshua Griffiths, thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you very much for having me.
1: morgan from tpm health and fitness has actually been able to see real life clients i know he's living every minute obviously he joins me now to tell me more about what's going on in his world and what it's like being back in the gym for a couple of weeks now hello sir
5: Hello, thank you for having me again.
1: Well, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, we get a weekly update from you on uh, some tips and things to try to uh, get people into not only the right state of physical health, but also mental health through their physical health as well. And uh, I, I know that's something which is, you know, has been important to you over the years of your training, and it must be great being back working with people in real life and, and really starting to help them continue their work they've been doing with you online over the last few weeks, months, and uh, you know, years in some cases. <laughs>
5: yeah yeah definitely it's it's definitely been um it's been tougher this last lockdown trying to keep people motivated i think the first lockdown obviously the majority of people are at home the sun's shining they're getting 80 percent of their wage while not working and you know everybody's got time for for fitness then and then obviously during this last lockdown we've had rubbish weather it's been freezing cold everybody's been working from home so you you're working during all the light hours so getting people motivated to exercise after that has been has been a challenge so yeah having the gym back is definitely uh definitely a good
1: thing. But you've risen to that challenge and I know you've been working with an awful lot of clients and the the constant stream of great ideas coming through your socials as well I I think genuinely helps people. I mean, you're all about helping people. Obviously, if people want to buy your time to to help them through, that's important because that's how you make your living. But uh, you you do like to share that inspiration and once people have been inspired by what you're saying, that is when they do turn to you for further help, isn't it?
5: Yeah, a lot of the time, a lot of the time. I mean, a lot of people just take... The, the free information and run with it, which is fine, because, I mean, that's how my first seven or eight years of training went, me taking free information wherever I could get it and trying to apply it to myself. Um, yeah, we always look at paying for a coach as like a way of shortcutting that. You can probably do it on your own, but it would be a lot quicker with, with the help of somebody who knows what they're
1: doing, and and potentially safer as well, because you've got somebody keeping an eye on what's actually going on. And uh, I mean, what's what's it been like? The, the atmosphere going back to the gym. Obviously, everything is still be yeah, sense be social distance. People are behaving, uh, and and you, you've got an even greater reason to give that person who doesn't wipe the machine down after they've used it a filthy <laughs> look. Uh, but uh, you know, it it is uh, you know important that we we are being sensible during all of this.
5: Yeah, and generally, I'm, I mean, there's always going to be the odd one here or there that, that doesn't bother, but the, the vast majority of people are being are being really good because we obviously know this is this is not our, our first time coming back after a lockdown. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, we everybody's very aware of what can happen if you know people aren't as careful as they as they should be. But the atmosphere has been really good. It's you know everybody seems just like a weight's been lifted you know with obviously with the gyms going back but then other things like being able to see people outdoors and stuff like that the whole mood seems to have been lifted a a little bit and that that helps with everything but Mm -hmm. from my point of view it helps with getting people motivated in the gym because if you've got you know, you've got somewhere to go to train that makes it easier to look after the diet side of things as well, because it's hard to do one without the other. And you get to see people outside, you get to interact with people from a distance, obviously, in the gym. But yeah, all of these things add up to people being in a better mood and people being a bit moody. is is never a
1: bad thing. No, it all helps. And obviously, if somebody hasn't uh, been back yet and they're a little bit wary to do so, uh, working with a personal trainer is another good way of doing that because it does mean you've got somebody watching you back at the same time, not only from uh, keeping uh, you in the right track when it comes to using the equipment, but also making sure no one's wandering up on you when they shouldn't be too. So it's kind of good to be part of a team and hopefully take away some of people's fears.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think having somebody with you is, is often a benefit. Obviously, I do the vast majority of my work online still now Mm -hmm. um so I do my coaching through there but people are generally really respectful obviously I can only speak for the gym that I that I train in I, I can't speak for everywhere else but I I can't think of an example where people have been sort of disrespectful of the rules or and generally like this is something that I always say to people that are going into the gym for the first time because I think there's this misconception that when you go in for the first time or for the first time in a long time, you're very self-conscious. You think everybody's looking at you or must be doing something wrong or something like that. And it's just it's just not the case. It's not the case at all. People are there to, to do their own thing. It's not people are worried about what other people are doing. So, yeah. yeah, if you do ever have any anxiety about getting into the gym, it's really nowhere near as bad as you were as you
1: think. So you are there to, to help and assist and uh, so this can be done online as well so that uh, is another great part of it and uh, people can work on one to one sessions with you and uh, also use videos and, and, and the like that you produce and uh, having seen your work it's it's a, it's it's a very interesting way of doing it because you will talk people through what's, to do, what's going on, you've done exercise videos in the past whereby you've demonstrated and then run a commentary over the top and uh, which means that you can speak from experience on. you knew which bits were really pulling and aching as you were doing it so you could tell uh, how it actually was working
5: yeah yeah every everybody who works with me directly gets the full exercise library so me and sam my partner spent maybe five or six hours in the gym uh, as i was as i was leaving my last job in the gym uh, between i think it was 10 p.m and 2 a.m on a friday night <laughs> recording all of the videos and then doing the voiceovers so yeah there's about there's about 80, 80 or so videos. So there's, there's always that. And everybody that doesn't have, you know, if there's exercises that aren't already in the exercise library, which we've had through the lockdown, people, uh, people get videos through, through WhatsApp of me performing exercises in my garden and, and demonstrating those. So yeah, there's always, there's always help with, with Mm. form and
1: stuff like that working online yeah yeah but i mean there is the gym and say and there is still a lot you can do around home and if you if you do not want to pay a gym membership but just want to pay your uh, your 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 pt instead actually that that can work really well too
5: yeah especially now If, if you're somebody who wants to train at home now is the now is probably the time because every coach has had nearly a year of practice of training people at home and still getting the same results so you know in last march when when everything closed it was a little bit of um yeah trying to trying to find our feet with it but by now yeah just as comfortable programming for somebody at home as we are in the gym because we've had a lot of practice
1: okay so uh what would this week's tip be from you then where what, what are you thinking towards just at the moment
5: so my tip probably for this week is from my experience in the last few weeks, the gyms are quite busy. They're obviously capped to to a level, so that it can't be too busy with the, the COVID regulations, but they are quite busy. So what I would say is, if you're going into the gym, make sure you're going in with a plan, a set plan of what you want to get done. Because if you're going in without a plan to a gym that's quite busy, it's quite easy to spend a lot of time going, oh, maybe I'll use that, or oh, it's busy, I'll go and use that, oh, that's busy know exactly what you want to do when you get in there it'll make it much easier to get in and get out without spending too much time wandering around thinking about what you've uh, what you've got to get done
1: And that is always easier when you've got a planner from a personal trainer and this is where you come in and you can assist there. Give us all your details as ever so we can uh, make sure people are getting in touch and they can look at uh, how they can uh, book you and uh, buy a package with you which is really going to help them make some great leaps forward.
5: Yeah, so easiest place to find me is going to be on Instagram which is at TPM underscore health and fitness but you can find me on Facebook uh under the same name and the email address if you want to contact me directly is tom fitness at gmail.com
1: so tpm health fitness is what we're looking out for as we say uh various underscores and the like you'll, you'll track him down you're looking for him uh, and uh, it'll be that simple so always good to speak to you thank you for joining us and uh, keep up the good work and keep getting people fit thank you very much will
5: do awesome. uh...
1: That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 620 next week. I look forward to seeing
0: you then. For off for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah.